It legit looks like I wear tights. <laughs> what, what in the pants? I like your tan down there. Holy shit. Ooh. Hey, guys. It's Carla Vasquez here. I've got Zach Abetha. What's up, everybody? Yeah, fourth episode of Carla V. Thinks Out Loud. Uh, we're into it. We're talking about... Yeah, I, I was super casual today. Like, overly yeah. casual. You guys might not recognize me. Why do my pants look tighter than yours? This is messed up. That's why I wear the black. Either it's way. Like <laughs> I want to dye my I want to dye my hair black again, but I think I'll just fade into the background over here. Oh yeah, no, you have that. You're like the Albuquerque Daria for sure. You have that. <laughs> you have I'm gonna say I'm like a ninja sure. Daria. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for I'll sure. Take. Yeah, I need to do the black hair again, but we'll fade. I had this dude that I dated for a while that um he would fix all my Instagram pictures. Well, he would like on his, you know, he'd like okay. do them. Or Photoshop them so much that he, because he was darker than I was, he was like half black and Mexican, all this stuff. Yeah. So that I, there wasn't such a contrast because he didn't want to look so dark. He would make me darker. Are you serious? Not even joking. Are you serious? Yeah, and he got mad at me for telling a friend this. I'm like, they can obviously tell I'm not that tan. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tannest I get. Yeah, and like that, a Paris Hilton tan yeah, from 2004. I, just, I look like I was rolling around in the mud for a while. That's it was great. So yeah, we are uh, not together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't have a boyfriend that put, yeah, makes you all look like you're cultural appropriating <laughs> that's people. exactly what i'm saying i'm like my like brown facing but i'm brown like what, what are we doing here oh um, well thank you, like you for having me yeah, on i super appreciate it i like the setup right? i'm happy you got the show going you got yeah, a great producer you. this is awesome i appreciate it. i saw you the other night or when was the last week at the open mic and yeah. i was like telling you a great job on fiend city yeah zach's yeah. podcast um and you're like well, yeah let's cross promote have each other on so i appreciate that yeah i think that's great i started just one week before you so we're mm -hmm. just put out episode five and um, we're having a blast with it, and we're like gonna have it. you on as the next guest. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Appreciate it. And I think this cross promotion is the best way to have other comedians and each other's fans see that we have this going on. And yeah, because I think the scene's bit. becoming a little more, um, I don't know, less clicky or something. I don't know. People are trying I, well, to get rid to of be. that. It really has yeah. to be. We have to work together. We have such a small scene. Um, we have to put each other on. We have to create opportunities for each other. Believe me, producing shows was nothing that I wanted to do. And still not my in true interest in comedy. But right. I'm producing three live shows right now, not only to create stage time for myself, mm -hmm. but for other comedians as well. Oh, yeah. And then it gives you that like uh, insight, the background of what you're doing, the ins and out of like the business. So that even exactly. if you don't continue promoting forever, at least mm -hmm. you know that side of it. Yep. And you know how to like work with producers and promoters and stuff. It really helps. The one thing I never realized that it was going to really help is building the host bone like the backbone of hosting oh, which is right. a different tool like opening is a different tool featuring headlining yeah. are all different That's skills true. but emceeing and hosting is a different skill in its own and i feel like it's really important to have because most people are going to open um ask you for those kind of jobs at first like hey do you want to put on this show do mm -hmm. you want to host this show and um it's a very strong skill to have and it's gotten me really good opportunities when i started hosting canteen a year later, yeah. Santa Ana Star reached out to me to start hosting for them. That's right. You were over there. And I would have nice. never felt like confident enough to do that and host their big shows if I hadn't been like at least hosting for a Have year. Have the practice. For, yeah. yeah, it is a different beast. It's something I'd like to get into, but... Um yeah, it kind of puts you on the spot. You work that like improv brain a little bit. You get good at keeping the energy going, all exactly. of that. So eventually, I like to see that side of it because <laughs> right now I'm like, ee, but I don't know. We need more female hosts here. I, I definitely <laughs> think like I think it's great. Anne Marie moved back and yeah. she's putting on some really good shows. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think you should find a venue. We have so many breweries here in town that it's very easy to find a place that'll let you put on a show once a month. 
at least try it out and, and kind of see what you get going. Yeah, I've talked to well, I work with Six Sun a little bit, but also like Jess Wood is ba- or okay. here now, yeah, and she great. was like, we should do like a monthly something, um, and do like all female, but like one dude in there. Like that's oh, yeah, usually yeah, the, the opposite. That's why I always feel like I like got so used to being in the middle of shows that now I'm like want to be more comfortable with like opening. And yeah. I, I mean, I've headlined more than like I've opened, I guess, but because I'm usually the only girl, they like sandwich the guys around. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, and I understand what that is because, you know, we we just don't have as many female comedians. Oh, so for they're sure, always yeah. going to be less on the lineup. Like this next one, um, my next casino show, I have a split lineup. So it's me, Steph Darnell, Sarah Kennedy and Virginia Gonzalez. Oh, so nice. we will go like kind of back and yeah, forth yeah. and stuff like that. I try to create. It's not really like. It's. Re- I just try to create a really diverse lineup. I try to make sure that there's a style that every like audience yes. member is gonna gonna mm-hmm. feed into. Or and then they can also see different styles that maybe they like now like because you know th- this one comedian they're like oh yeah I like that style of com- comedy too yeah. you know and kind of open up to different people. Um, yeah. So are you gonna be starting the canteen shows again here soon? I'm really happy or? you asked about that because that's my next show that I'm gonna be yeah. doing. So July 31st, canteen's back. I have um, a great lineup. It's technically our two year anniversary show. Wow. Because last March when everything closed down, we were going to plan a big show mm-hmm. and everything got canceled. So this is not only like our comeback show, our two year anniversary show. We're really excited about this one and I have a great lineup. I have Cody Dove, yes. um, Virginia Gonzalez, uh, Tyler Lovely, awesome. Steph Darnell and Josh Fournier. Oh, that's so awesome. Just such a great, a great local lineup. Like it, guys. And um, and, you know, I'm really trying to like I didn't realize I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize now that I started producing these shows and getting these shows going that how much um, responsibility that that holds in the scene. And oh, yeah. People look to or and I don't I don't realize that. Like, I never think that I'm I mean, I still go to open mics. Yeah, you don't every you don't come off that way. But I think people because you've worked so hard and because you are where you are now, like people do look up to you. I don't think it's the you know, like I would just want, you know, I don't think it's people being like, oh, Zach thinks he's so great and And running things now. You're just like making the scene that much better. I really you know? appreciate like, that because I didn't see that. And a lot of times, like as comedians, we, you know, for as confident as we are on stage and even off stage, sometimes like I didn't really think that creating something in the scene was going to be something that people were, would look up to and yeah, would want to be a yeah. part of. But I didn't realize that sometimes you have to like ask people. So I've been going more to uh, openers and people that have only been doing comedy for a couple years and being like, yeah. hey, build 10, 15 minutes so I could bring you to this show or bring you on this run mm-hmm. with me. And, um, I really do want to create opportunities for other local comedians because I believe, I mean, I read this in, in a tip once that 90% of our work at first comes from friends. Yeah. So think about it. Think about it how much sense. Six Sun puts you on. Mm-hmm. Kevin Kennedy puts you like, so that's why, I mean, even yeah. though those are No, it's networking. Shows, I mean, a yeah. lot of being a comedian is kind of the networking of it, really it or like the friendships that you build and the people you know. I mean, yes, the, being good at it is one thing, but yeah. also definitely, you know. And the thing about creating a show that I didn't realize is I was going to be able to put on friends from out of state. Mm-hmm. So I've had um, groups from Arizona, all over Colorado, a Texas group come nice. out. And then every time you're building those connections, then they run rooms too. So they're yeah. like, hey, come out to Denver, come out to Phoenix. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, your building runs for yourself. The networking is really important. You're like answering a question that I was going to okay, ask cool. you anyway. And like furthermore, like how did you start building these connections to out of state? You know, because I, yeah. I mean, selfishly asking, but for anybody no, watching no, that wants great to for know. Anybody like, that's like just getting into comedy. We have so many new people at the open yeah. mics that 
it's definitely watch i'm just actually going to share this since while i answer your question but the way i got into it was pretty early on and it was actually with josh's help a lot of you guys know josh fournier local <laughs> comedians one of my closest buddies and he's in that four corners area when we first started comedy he's like dude there's this amazing um open mic in durango he's like you oh, gotta come out yeah he lives and, near there yeah. yeah and i would i would go out there and there was this um open mic in this little underground room and they would get filled with like 80 college students wow. to like just watch an open mic That's and there awesome. was such a lit audience like even even durango in general i think is because there's not that much live entertainment they are just like nuts for for they're comedy for yeah it. it's yeah. they're hungry for laughs so i would go out there but you learn lessons like i would go out there and i would um i would spend money on like hotels so i'd go for an open mic you know, and it's only a three, you know, three, three and a half hour drive yeah. and I'd buy a hotel, you're buying dinner, breakfast, yep. you know, you're spending hundreds of dollars to do these open mics. Yeah, it's all out of your pocket ever. <laughs> and if you're going every month, man, that's, it's that it adds up. Luckily it pays off because if you do out these spots, you build the connections and it did pay off because now in, in Durango, I'm a headliner. That's and, awesome. And so it's the one place that's that I awesome. could go out and I have a little bit of a following. I have some buddies out there and granted it's Durango. It still goes to show you how much effort and work it puts into and another way i looked at it is the last uh, denver run i did mm -hmm. i had eight shows in five days wow i was in a uh, fort collins Dang. denver and colorado springs and i was driving up there i remember driving up to you know fort collins was my first show and it's a long drive like i think 10 hours almost you know Jeez. what i mean eight plus and um dedication i just remember like driving out there by myself and you you know you have so much time to think and i was like man like this is a long drive, it, you know, it may not be like, you know, even though I'm doing club spots, mm -hmm. you're not either not getting paid, you're getting paid 40 bucks, drink tickets. Yeah, yep. Um, so you, we spend way more money going out to do comedy than we make doing comedy. It's true. From, yes. from my level to your level, and even to the point where we, you know, the next level. Um, so one thing I was realizing, I was like driving up there and I was like, you know what? The first time I came over here was four years ago for open mics only. I did my first open mic run. Yeah. And and like you're not gonna lie, coming from Albuquerque with no name, we're not like the biggest city. We're not known for stand up. No one gives a shit when you go out to other yeah. cities for like the talent can come from anywhere. Exactly. But so yeah. you gotta show them that. Mm -hmm. And I remember driving out there for open mics and, and then four years later being like, Oh wow, I have eight book shows. I'm yeah. in some of the like the only spot I wasn't really at was comedy works. So I was pretty much at all the clubs and I was like, you know, what? it took me over four years to build that. Mm -hmm. But that shows me that like patience is a virtue yes. and the hustle. So mm -hmm. that could have took eight for if, if I was slacking. Yeah, you've moved through quickly with that hustle. Exactly yeah. what it is. But I also probably could have done it in two if I would have sacrificed some other things and, mm -hmm. and worked a little harder. So I always look at it both ways. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the bro. I mean, I've been broke before. It's brokest I've ever oh, been, yeah. but like the happiest I've ever been exactly. in a way. And I feel fulfilled, you know, just even have a bad day, make it to the mic. And yeah. I just feel a lot better afterwards. I don't know. Yeah, Monday was a perfect example of that. I had a, you know, 10 hour shift at work, oh, went to damn. the gym. And I was like, I pulled up to the open mic in my gym clothes, not feeling it like for real. And um, I walked in and just seeing the comedian homies and. Yep. I saw an old coworker of mine and, you know, an old comedy fan that just loves the Albuquerque scene that's been coming out for years. And then all of a sudden that lit my heart up, my soul up. And I was like, all right, this is obviously what makes me happy. Yeah. This is the only time I felt good all day. You feel fulfilled. Exactly. Feel like so. on that. I had that same thought leaving the open mic the other day in a sense that um, – it took me, we were going to go somewhere and it took me a while to get out of there because I was just saying bye to everyone. How many times? I left and even came oh back and God. said bye to you. 
We were like, da- oh, I, we were like dancing to Bismarck yeah. after. We were like getting it. Yeah. It was. I was gonna leave, and then it was like, oh, Bismarck Key, rest in peace. Yeah, so we, we had dancing. to. You had to give him that last dance. Yeah, so. I had to throw off the purse. So I said bye like three times, I think, last night. But then I left, and I was like, I feel so happy that I like know all the comedians in a way that I can just hug them, and they like, I don't yeah. know, it feels like good energy. Yeah, like I just enjoy sure. the energy being around all of you guys. Um, which is nice because then sometimes even if you don't feel like talking you can talk for like five minutes and then you just have something to watch so you don't really have to like oh yeah if you don't want to talk to anybody else you can just like watch the comedy there's something you can just sit there decompress laughs okay laughter so so i was gonna ask you so you're originally not from albuquerque right no i grew up in national parks in national parks yeah people think that are you from yellowstone (laughs) season three no, I never lived in Yellowstone. Are you Duck Dynasty? I, what are? <laughs> I grew up in National Park. I'm a backwoods girl. I feel like um, do you remember on Mean Girls where she's like, oh, homeschool kids are so weird, blah blah blah, and it shoots all these like weird kids. <laughs> I feel like that's how like park brats are. We're called park brats. Park brats. That's I feel so like that's because most of my friends are from the South Valley government. and they put suavecito in their hair and ate hot Cheetos. I oh, tres flores. <laughs> you were those are my cousins with dude. a camel back and, and tivo sandals oh my gosh yes <laughs> I, I yep i do have tivas uh that's i don't so even funny. say them right that's so funny my uh my cousin this should have been a good episode for him call i forgot to get in touch he was like so i okay spent the year living in national parks and then the summer we went to compton because uh, our family lived there <laughs> yeah so we'd spend like three weeks in compton and then we'd go to bakersfield okay. and from to cub scouts to crip walking over here <laughs> and we'd go to bakersfield and delano where like farm work association because my mom's family is here because of cesar chavez like farm work association they came up from mexico <laughs> to pick fruit and then like would go back and then some of them settled in that area so we'd spend that and then we'd go to mexico for like a month you're like the only kid that <laughs> went back with her gang badge <laughs> I on their dude i was in <laughs> two drive-bys there <laughs> I was in two drive, but yeah, I have like scars heart. on mine. <laughs> From Compton. <laughs> but it's crying. <laughs> As, yeah, it's like a cry down loud. Yeah. Smile dude. later a little bit. Yes. Dude, my cousins were like, yeah. I. they taught me how to hotwire, like hotwire cars growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. So just, you like, to... They were carjackers. That was part of their like thing with the gang. They would like, grow weed yeah so you were you bulls. were part of the ghetto girl scouts yeah <laughs> pretty much basically and yeah, then oh, cookies and then and when they bags, got in so trouble they, their parents would send them because it was like three dudes that were in the gangs there with three cousins of mine first cousin they would send them to us to <laughs> national parks and just be like get away from the gang go live with your tia for like a while um so yeah so i have a cousin that wants to call in and talk about like old school gangster shit from like compton in the that's 90s so, so that's where i spent my summers okay. and then yeah his brother uh once threw me over a fence because Somebody was about to, he saw a car like creeping by. Oh, damn. Threw me over a fence, told me to like run inside. I was all scraped up. And then later, the next one, I was too big to throw over the fence. So we ran inside, closed blinds, and like hid in the back bathroom where the like bullets potentially couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Good times over there. Um, but yeah, and then so national parks like uh, Grand Canyon, Yosemite, Joshua Tree, Big Bend. We were here because of petroglyphs, kind of. Um, and then White Sands. I went to high school in Alamogordo because of oh, White damn. Sands. Okay. And, but then I moved, I kept moving. We moved like every two years growing up every year and a half two years because my yeah. dad kept moving up in the government um so it's like military oh damn yeah who's your dad bear grills yeah. <laughs> like <what? laughs> he's like yeah he's like a nature man but he's just like steve irwin's mexican cousin just jesus <laughs> irvin <laughs> and just send them out with like a switchblade <laughs> <Yeah>. Irvin. <laughs> you just said the south Island. what's up babe we're gonna go check out this fucking crocodile today he's all bad bro he's fucking oh, beautiful man. bro he's cherry <laughs> fucking crocs cherry dog Eat that buffalo man <laughs> we're gonna go down me and my crew we're gonna rank in this gator dog to the crew dog 
<laughs> Make some boots. Fuckers all bad. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I had those, and then in Mexico, I had a bunch of like mafia cousins that wore like the alligator boots with like the suits. Like, were they the ones with the tips go up? Yeah, like yeah. That? That's but then they crazy. wear suits with like big belt buckles and like bolo ties or something. And That's so funny. Right up with like an arsenal like, um, of guns. That that style is so out there. They look like a Mexican like bad guys for like Batman characters. Like, oh, for real. And then they get a 10 gallon hat once in yeah, a while. Like if the Joker had like Mexican henchmen, <laughs> they would show up looking like that with those boots with the beep, the shoes that go like that. Do they have a different version of comic books in Mexico? Maybe that already exists. <laughs> <It's just laughs> it might. There. Shit. It's like kick people really hard That's with so their funny. alligator boots. Crack yeah, he just like skins. squirts like Tapatio in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you're from here though, where where you yeah, from? Yeah, yep. I've been from here. Uh, I was born in Santa Fe, but I was raised in Albuquerque my whole life. So a little bit back and forth. Like I'd go see family in Santa Fe, my dad on the weekends, nice. or like you know a couple weeks in the summer and yeah. stuff. But grew up a little bit all over Albuquerque when I first moved here. Uh, me and my mom and my brother had an apartment on the Northeast Heights. Mm-hmm. And um, shit, I mean, my mom was so hurting when we first moved here. Like we had a two bedroom. It was like a little. I guess it would know it was a three bedroom like townhouse apartment, but my mom was you know single mom. She was doing pretty rough, yeah. so she would have to rent out the master bedroom to like roommates. Oh wow! You and I was Airbnb and before. Oh yeah, it. and and then um and then I was on I was only like two years old, so I I shared a room with my mom and my little brother or my older brother had his own room. And I remember like we were so broke, we even had a ghost and everything. It was overcrowded in that apartment. <laughs> The ghost didn't even pay rent. <laughs> it was probably their house. They probably owned it first. Maybe y'all were I know. making money off of that ghost. And That's why I was still there. Um, I was pissed off. And then we lived like still in the north end of town, more apartments. I grew up mm-hmm. in apartments. And then I remember about middle school, I moved to the North Valley, like right off Rio Grande and Gregos. And I went to middle school in Garfield. And that was a huge switch from the Northeast Heights. Yeah, for sure. You go to because that's over where. Oh, you over go from like white kids wearing overalls, listening to Hanson, to like six. I, I was in sixteen. I was in sixth grade, and there was a sixteen-year-old kid named Victor that drove to school in an Impala, and he was bald. Yeah, he had the in speakers grade. in the back. It's just like hurts yeah, me in the car. Subwoofers. Like <laughs> you're like, and it's hurting. Yeah, like, I'm reading cool, Harry Potter. Cool. He's like Smokey Joyce <laughs> yeah, on the way to school. Must listen to SPM. <laughs> yeah, so the, the North Valley was switched up quick for sure, and then stayed there. Went to high school, uh, Valley High School. Mm-hmm. Went to UNM. So yeah, kind of all over Albuquerque. You went to UNM. You uh, have a creative writing degree. Yeah, so correct? I got yeah, which is crazy because when I first went, I was a geology major for four years, like a science major. Oh, I know. When I switched it my senior year of college, my fourth year, I took a creative writing class, had like a blast it. with it. And then I was like, you know, I didn't want to like I realized that if you got your geology degree, you're basically working a lab forever just looking for yeah. oil. Or, so, yeah, I was like, fuck that. And the I don't know, that creative writing class just like there was something so satisfying about writing for yourself. Like we got to do fiction, nonfiction, uh, poetry, a little bit of everything and edit. You got to edit people's work. Nice. And editing became a skill I never thought that, like, I've actually um, made a little bit of money, like, editing people's really? stuff and work, like, um, proposals, proposals That's for school, awesome. stuff like that. Not in a long time since I was really in school, but when I got out of school, I didn't do anything with that creative, mm-hmm. like, an English and creative writing degree. I didn't know, I didn't want to really be a novelist. Like, writing long books or something was never really my interest. And Seems tedious. Yeah, and, like, if you think about it, like, there's no writing for magazines and you know articles and newspapers i feel like that's just it's almost like being a comedian all over again it's like freelance work you're Mm kind of hustling 
and it was never really my focus. And I got into working in the cannabis industry right away. Right, yes. And I like I was, you know, I always joke around that my first job out of college was I was selling bongs out of a van. So like who goes and gets their <laughs> nice. degree and then drives around in a white van selling like pipes and bongs. He won't steal your kids, but he will get your them high. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like I'm like, oh that that was a useful five years of college to do this. <laughs> and uh, and then Got into different things with the cannabis industry. See, I still work my day job in in the cannabis industry, and I like it. I've you know done mm-hmm. everything from growing to extracting hash and um, everything in between. Sold CBD for Mountaintop, awesome. the company I worked for. But once I started comedy, it all clicked, and I was like, okay, well that's where the creative writing backbone comes into play, and the editing. Mm-hmm. And it, I always say that like when I started doing comedy, I felt like an X Men that found their superpower. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Because I've you know, I, I like I enjoy other things like my other hobbies. Like I break I've been a B boy for almost a that's decade. Right. So many talents as man. But that's de- I'm not like I will never say I'm good at breaking because I lose to four year olds. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. How break, long have you been doing it? These I've been breaking for kids, ten years. Kids these days like can dance like cr- oh, everybody yeah. has rhythm. I remember back in my day, like we would just like groove most of the time, and now everybody's like doing the like fucking choreography. Yeah, so I mean, I saw a four year old the other wild. day that was head spinning and then started levitating. I thought he was possessed. I thought I was watching The Conjuring. <laughs> These kids are just next Wait, level. Where do you be, boy? At just on the it's, street, you just like throw some cardboard down somewhere. You know, like, it, it, that's always it. the joke. But we, it's just like comedy, like mm-hmm. how people ask where do you do comedy and Albuquerque without mm-hmm. clubs. It's the same thing, like. The community centers will hold practices. Uh, different event centers will have like nightly practices, like mm-hmm. how we have open mics. Yeah, um, and oh, then cool. you know, there's a few like we used to have what we would call like battles or jams, which is like our version of shows, which are far less in between because you'd only have one of those every few months. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what you would like practice and get up for, and those would be like our competitions. Right. So um, I went to a couple of those, like a Breaking Hearts. Oh, there like you go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which they have great scenes out there. Um, but uh, but yeah, for real. But breaking, like, I would never say I'm good at it because you. It's the only sport that you could lose to a legit four year old. I am not good at <laughs> basketball. I will never lose at a four year old. Yeah, you're gonna beat a to basketball. Even I, will beat, I would beat. A I'll beat a whole team of four year olds. I'll be swatting that shit out of the court. Just, just gone. I, I could legit pra- go to the gym and put on pads. And practice fucking <laughs> practice dancing as a grown man that pays rent and then go to a battle and lose against a four-year-old that just played Minecraft all day. That has so, to feel worse than bombing a set. It's, it's so similar. It's so similar. Gotta feel, I don't it's know. so similar. Because we got no four-year-olds in the comedy scene. Yet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, you're a man of many talents. Um, So we're getting back to you. So you were writing. You were doing that. Another thing I was going to bring up. Hold on for that. Hey, no, Larry. Sure. Could we call my dad at some point? Do you still have his number? Or do I need to plug it in? Because I'm, I, I'm asking Your for pops. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Your pops wants to well, check in on the pod. Because I, like... He doesn't really want it, but I wanted to ask you questions about your dad and the relationship with him and his love of your coming out. Not your Ooh, it matches his shoes. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I'll... Sorry if I cut you off. Is this going to work? You're good. Okay. I'm gonna call, I call him Cough Drop. His name's... Cough Drop. Even in my Cough phone drop. is Cough Drop B. Whoa, that's very loud. How do I turn that down? Oh, yeah. Hall's over here. Oh, I can turn it down my end, too. Hello, Father. Hello, Carla. Oh, sweet. I drew this picture of him. Oh, damn. On the first one. <laughs> Carla calls Cough Drop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Larry. Larry put up the picture that I drew of you the first time. 
Uh, yeah. This picture of my right. father. <laughs> um, so I'm calling. I have Zach Abeta on the podcast right now. Yeah. He's, hey, a, Zach, he's hey, actually heard about hello, you. Hello, sir. How you doing? Good, good. Yeah, I've heard about Zach. Old cough drop on the line. What's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Zach, uh, his dad comes out all the time, even went up to Aztec, New Mexico. I mean, I borrowed my dad's truck to go up there, okay. but he went up even. Um, dad, so... When and what do okay, do you think if I was a boy, you would like come out to my show shows? Is it because I'm a girl? Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> all right, all right, because he no, has three daughters, me. so I think he feels weird yeah. about like certain topics. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, so here's an example, right, Carla? So, like, hey, Zach, so okay. like when I watch would watch movies with my girls, I have three daughters, right? Okay. Carla's the youngest. Mm. Like, if there was a kissing okay, scene. Or if there was some sort of some sort of implied nudity scene, implied. I would implied nudity. I, I, I would have to I would have to leave the room where I would close my eyes or oh. I would make them close their eyes. So I would, you, I was you would close room. your eyes as the oh, dad. He, yeah, He's like ear buffing yeah. himself. He would put like a pillow over his face or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. joking. So, so so or or if the movie I could tell it was starting to go a certain direction, yeah. I would I would say, hey, nah, sorry, we're not going to watch this one, or I'm not going to watch it with you. Then I would just leave. So. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's just me. I don't. Maybe it is because I, I raise girls, or maybe not. Maybe it is a little a different because I did take mushrooms and watch Fear and Loathing with my dad when I was fifteen. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's so, a bit so, different. Yeah. No. My, yeah, yeah. Either way. Yeah. So my, either way, my, you should my, come out to a show though. You for should. Sure. She's funny. I, I'll do like a clean set. Oh, thank you. He said I'm funny, Dad. Hmm. Just yeah. kidding. Well, then also you know and and you know I love comedy and yeah, I I, I enjoy all kinds of comedy, but even if it's a uh, like it would be hard for me to watch. Uh, I mean, it would be impossible for me to watch. Like I don't know anybody, Dave Attell or uh, or, or, or Chappelle us. or he somebody. He loves Chappelle. He loves him, but not with us. Yeah, I love him, but I couldn't watch him with Carla. Yeah, we'll girls. talk about oh. the specials. Like we'll be like, hey, watch the special. Did Your you watch just it? Yeah. There closing his ears yeah. the whole show. He like, his oh, I remember even in high school or something. Mean Girls came out. And he wanted to watch it because it was like produced by Lauren Michaels and Tina Fey, mm -hmm. and so he watched it. But he was like, I don't want to watch this with my daughters. Like I don't know. There's teenage kids kissing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but he watched it uh but not with us i don't know he's an yeah I don't oh know. we're so, having people sarah's on here sarah says what's up popsicle hey, aka hey. cough drop that's my middle sister okay um what's yeah. up sarah the other one i recognize my friend from high school a rapper tell, in town. tell tell sarah that i'm uh, i'm enjoying uh I, i'm still enjoying it. okay well, what did you so enjoy? I was when you called. I was I was uh, listening to some some uh, some old jazz. You know. <laughs> he has a record player. Okay. He's a yeah, old school hipster. And then and and having a, a cocktail. Mm. And oh, then, and then a uh, now I'm on a podcast. So I'll go from the 1950s to the you know 2000s real quick. <laughs> You're a classic. You're to a the classic man, aren't you? Oh man. Oh yeah. man. Thanks for answering. Oh, da Sarah says yes, yes, most definitely would. Things get awkward. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Zach. Oh, hey, Zach. I'm, I'm glad your dad goes and sees the shows, and I think that's great. And uh, yeah. It, well, also, here's the other thing. Here's a question for you. What's up? D does it does it affect your does your dad's presence there affect anything you say or do? Um. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but but in a positive way because I have material about my dad. 
I have stories Ugh. about him. It's true. It, I, if my dad comes out, I, I, I've true. often brought my dad on stage, <laughs> and uh. like, and we go back and forth. But you got to realize, my dad's intense. Like, my dad is fifty-six years old. He's a five-foot-three vato. And he dresses like he's a part of like Metallica's band. Yeah, he dress. <laughs> he has like black skinny jeans that are ripped up. It's a lot of Doc, Doc Martens. He wears like tight shiny shirts. <laughs> he has rings on every yeah. finger, I've and he has like seen, crazy whoa. contacts I've seen him in with his eyes. Contacts, yeah. It looks it's like great. yeah. It looks like some girl, like some suicide girl, like <laughs> summoned my dad out of a Ouija board. <laughs> That's uh. great. Oh, that's funny. So, but he loves. But the thing is, my dad loves when I talk about him. He loves him some hair, and he, yeah. my dad will call me and be like, "Bro, you gotta hurry up and make me famous, eh?" <laughs> my dad tells me that, yo. Make him yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Um, oh, yeah. before I let you go, Dad, at uh, one point soon, we're, yeah. I should have called him tonight, but Alfredo wants to be on the podcast, just like calling in to talk about his '90s Compton days. Alfredo, your cousin? Yeah. Right? Uh, Didn't we used to go to Compton in the summers? Shady. <laughs> shady. They call him Shady. shady. <laughs> or another one is Roach. You got Thumper. You got, I don't They all have nicknames. It's great. Oh, no, we used to go Thumper. to Compton. So I, we were we were Yosemite and Joshua Tree in the in the 80s and early. Yeah. Well, in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, I told him a little bit about I like that. How, I like how your 80s, gangster friends still have like National Park nicknames. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, my friend shady. Bumper, my friend, <laughs> yeah. my friend Paddleboat over here in <laughs> Acorn. <laughs> yeah. Good old kayak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, Pops. Well, um, okay. I'm going right. to let you go, but thanks for answering the questions. Hey, nice to meet you, Cop. Come out to a show and see Carla. She's funny. You'll I'll kick it with you. We'll, we'll <laughs> kick it. The boys will chill. You know what? You know what? I'll, I'll sneak in the back, and I'll just sit there, and then I'll let her know afterwards that I was there. Yeah, we'll get a cock. We'll have How a Manhattan, right? an old-fashioned, <laughs> something classy. Yeah, we can come to yeah, the whiskey yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking my version of an old fashioned right now. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to have one at the show for you tonight. Cough drop. Oh, yeah, he has a show after this. All right. All, all right. right. Okay, hey, all right. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your all conversation. Right. Thank well, you. Fun. We'll see you soon, Wu Tang. Love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks for indulging me on that. Um, <laughs> well, funny. you know how how obviously you see my relationship with my yeah. dad. So I don't mind at all. I think I'm it's very the close best. With my dad. Like, getting family out to the shows is the best. The first Cities of Gold show I did um, a couple of months ago, my dad came out and both my grandmas, you know, Aww. I'm lucky enough to have my grandma on each side of my yeah, family dude. still alive. That's amazing. And they both came out like, you know, nearing 80 years old. My one grandma's on an oxygen tank. Aww. You know what I mean? And they still came out. That and, is love. Man. And like your dad said, it, did, it didn't affect me in a bad way at all. I didn't actually use any like of my act material mm -hmm. because I had stories. I literally have about 15 minutes about my dad. I have yeah. a 10 minutes about story about each grandma. So in between, like I opened up about stuff about my dad, brought him on stage. Mm -hmm. And then in between acts told each stories about my grandmother. That's awesome. And I feel like it made the, the whole audience feel more involved and more like a yes. family because my family was there. I'm telling you, it was such it a New does. Mexico audience. And that's a huge thing on stage is like getting people like, on your team in a way mm -hmm. or just like hey man we're all in this together now like that's and you're very good about uh, at that like i there's no doubt why like when you got on stage and started performing you're like this is what i'm meant to do because you have such a stage presence that's sometimes animated in the best sort of ways um so you know yeah, i can you know, tell like it's very genuine and it's not a forced thing that i you appreciate know. that because i think people do see my acting like oh he's so physical and animated that is that forced is that like not his 
If you see me on no. stage and I am like in <laughs> yeah. the best mood, I am that silly. I am always dancing, We're always Bismarck moving. King the other day, exactly, yeah. and it, it's it's my favorite thing to be silly. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. I mean, when I get on stage, I my goal is to immediately get on stage and be likable to the all in, audience. Yeah, I want to tell you my story, mm -hmm. but make it relatable. You know, tell yes. you how I grew up, where I came from, but also get you. One of, one of my favorite things too is also use like nostalgia. I'd rather right. use like old pop culture references that we grew up with yeah. that are kind of legendary than touch on current events that might not stick through time. It's true. No, Because yeah, if you just right. write topical current event material, that might not hit in five weeks, five mm -hmm. months, five years. Like, I want a joke that'll still work in five years. That yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I stay um, with it from the current shit <laughs> usually try to. Exactly. Because everybody always is like, oh, you need... I, I think you do always need to be working on new material, but you need to have specific sets, specific 5, 10, yeah. 15, and then even further, your 30, your 45s, your hours. Because, I, yeah. So and you, those, don't, you don't, you don't believe in burning your set after like a couple years Some or something? Some jokes you can. You know what? There's definitely a like, I think the way it is is like, say I probably wrote 100 jokes the first two years, I maybe use five or 10 of them. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like, I could, yeah, you cut a lot. There's that there's jokes sense. I like look. I'll look at my notebook or old sets and like laugh that I ever told that joke. Mm -hmm. But then there's ones that I've still tweaked that I still mm -hmm. use. And um, but I definitely I mean, I definitely we're at that point where we're not even opening for big acts yet. You know, I mean, we're not dropping specials or albums. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think that you should have the new material. So when we're in our home base mm -hmm. that we're giving local audiences new stuff yeah that's it all the open mics i'm like new new even from the get-go i was like every week i want to work on like a new five mm -hmm. so from monday i would like kind of sharpen that up so get rid of jokes and add perfect. new ones and now i i kind of frankenstein some of my sets depending on like the scene where i know that these jokes can go together but also i can like tear apart some jokes and put them with other ones mm -hmm. what are we saying the mexican essay Zach, this always reminds me of. <laughs> Yo, here, thank you. That's exactly why I love to do that oh, character, bro. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Those Vato characters, because I I'm always like... feel like I grew up in this mm -hmm. culture, but almost like the black sheep of my own culture. Like, Same. I, We're I, the pale I, Mexicans. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, it's a, it's a different weird older, thing. We're not people a... to ask me all the time if I'm Asian. Like I get it all the time. I get Jewish. <laughs> I would think they would, yeah. I would think they would say you were Filipino. I get it all the time. I get it all. There was. I get it all the time. Josh was on the podcast with you, and like you were talking about the something about Asian, whatever. And I'm like, all three of you in that room have probably been. Oh yeah, even we, on gets mistaken for like being Asian. Yeah, we look like we're talk. all po like real life Pokemon characters. Yeah. Me and Josh look like the real life Ash Ketchum and Brock from Pokemon. <laughs> It's so ridiculous, <laughs> but it is one of the reasons why I like to tap into that those Mexican, mm -hmm. uh, the new Mexican characters, and the culture, and I like to do those characters because that's not my whole act. I get on stage and I'm like this, so I'll tap into that character. But I have seen like other Latino comics that are like talk like us off stage, normal. Right. But they get on stage and it's a hundred times they done turn it up. on. More. And yeah, they're like, yeah. hey, bro, what? And I'm like, yeah, whoa, little... like. Yours I don't want to be. Yeah, so good. I want to be able to like tap into our culture and the characters and the people we see in our city, but I don't want. I want my my act to be is 100% genuine to me still. Yeah, you're still you, but within that, you can yeah. pull that out. And it is, yeah, it's like a whole other bit part that fits yeah. into the bit that's fun. And I love making fun of our culture, but I mean, gosh, yeah. I love making fun of myself. I probably have more self-deprecating material Same. that I had to get away from doing. You know what I mean? And I still keep some of it, but I have material about me 
you know, being fat growing up, me losing my hair, all the things that, because I, I think another thing that honestly I worry about is because I am really into like the gym and my health and fitness mm-hmm. now that I've gotten older. But I do worry as a comedian that anytime you're too into like a hobby, it's like, it's like not cool. Yeah. You ha- always have to like make it funny no matter what. Yeah. Like, I you have can't to make be breaking. serious about anything. Yeah. I have to make like breaking funny. I have yeah. to make fitness funny because like something about that when you're too serious about your hobby as a comedian it comes off like pretentious in a way (laughs) and i don't know why that is it's true so i think Mm -hmm. people when they do see me post all my gym stuff now they're like oh zach's so full of himself but they don't realize i was like a fat kid with a bowl cut that grew up now but i totally get that like that's something that's been i've kind of fluctuated in weight off and on my whole life and i can make jokes and Uh stuff but like Twice in the last week, it's like even off stage, like comedian friends were pokey at me about my weight. And I was like, wait, like, and that was one thing I was like, hey, wait, am I bothered by this? I didn't think, yeah. I thought you could joke with me about anything. And I was like, hmm, maybe I can say that and they yeah, can't, but yeah. I should be that they can say everything. But it's like, there are some things that we can only say about ourselves. And you say it on stage before anybody else says it. So then you control that, like, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a self deprecating things where I'm like, keep some of them but then if that's all you're saying then that's what people think you are yeah. and then they hold so, you at like a lower you know I, oh they don't have self-esteem oh they don't have confidence i'm like no well i do i'm just saying these things anyway and i think that there's a like a strategy in using that self-deprecating material so i like i said i do like to get on stage and definitely be likable to the audience but you don't want to come across like so confident that it's cocky and i think using that yeah. self-deprecating material can knock it down that way people are like oh if this guy is so confident he's kind of cocky start kind of jabbing at yourself it eases the audience and then you could kind of even start going into the audience and i even right. have a specific kind of way that i like to roast like mm-hmm. i'm not really i don't ever consider myself like a crowd work comedian or like a roaster or anything of that sort but i do like to like tap into the audience and and be on the spot. I always Mm -hmm. say like be in the pocket. Yes. I think be in the moment, be in the pocket, be on. Yeah. When I was about uh, your, where you are in Mm -hmm. comedy, I wanted, like you said, every, you know, tools to the open mic, like getting a new five minute Mm -hmm. set in a week, which is a great tool because Mm -hmm. you could write new jokes Monday, try them all week. And if you have a show Friday or Saturday, (laughs) you've already at least tried that joke four or five times. Exactly. Yeah. And then next week starting, you know, but once I felt like I was building, like I felt like I was building too much material my first two years that I could use. Like I had two hours of super loose material. That's how I feel right now. Anyway, like nothing I yeah. felt was like super concrete. Yeah. A lot of premises, a lot of things that didn't have the best punchlines, um, stuff that I really still had to like craft and work out. So I had so much material that I wanted to work on another other skills. Right. So one of the skills I tried was like pulling focus in a room. Meaning we perform in rooms all the times, bars, yeah. breweries that are not just for comedy. People are coming out to hang out with their friends. Right. We almost do like what we call ambush shows where like people don't even know yes. there's comedy. And then there's like, yeah, hey the guys. weed market. We're like, call me. And they're like, yeah, oh, hi, we're exactly. trying to hang. So yeah. that's a perfect example of I'm not even going to try to have like do my best jokes. I'm going to see how much mm-hmm. attention in this room I could pull and hold. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So there's different tools I'll use. To pull the attention back. So if I feel like I'm doing material and I could feel the chatter going up in a room, I'll use one of those tricks mm-hmm. to pull the focus back. That way, if That's I go so into smart. another room, yeah. there are listening again. Yes. Um, and then another tool, like I said, I use is like that stay in the pocket. So it's like when I get on stage, I'm going to try to be in the moment as long as possible mm-hmm. without having to dip into any material. Mm-hmm. Like how long can I just be in the moment? 
And I remember there were certain open mics that I would try that and I would be like four minutes into the five minute open mic set, just like riffing, riffing, riffing. And like the one joke that I, it wasn't even a joke, just like a tag. I'd be like, don't worry guys, I'll say a joke. Like I'll, yeah. I'll tell you a joke. Like, cause I've just been like talking shit for four minutes. <laughs> But like you have one minute joke. Yeah, so but that's great, and they like that. It keeps people like so having. A, and you know what? I think I need to get back to it because I have been going to open mics just a little bit looser, mm -hmm. and like getting up there with really out of plan, and just pull you know pulling jokes. But I'd rather still like go up there with some kind of thing that yeah. I'm working on. At least something to fall back on. Even last night we were at the garage or whatever, and I had a couple of jokes I wanted to try, but then I was like. Mm. I don't know. I just like I was riffing off every so I was kind of last. So I kind of wrote something about everybody else's set. Sort okay. of. Like not like kind of kind of roasty, but kind yeah. of also riffing off what they were saying and adding to it a mm -hmm. little bit. And then by the end, I had like a whole set like they'd be talking about I'd write like one little line down, whatever. And by the end, I had like a full five minutes and didn't even do any of the material plan. Yeah. But it was a garage, and it was just that's a place for me to try out new that's super like a, loose. That's stuff. a perfect way to do that. The last um, <laughs> the last six sun show that I did. Um, it was mostly like comics in the audience, mm -hmm. and um, oh, I mean, at you the guys 50 have 50? Yeah, the fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you guys, I, I have seen my act enough. You've seen me at open. Like we know each other so well that that was one night. I'm like, I'm just gonna talk about my fine. friends, and I, you know, talked a little bit about everyone. I told the story about me and Josh that I never told before. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. And I still actually been telling. When I'm with Josh, I like to tell that story because it's a fun. <laughs> it is hilarious. It's a fun one to. <laughs> You get to Especially see the dynamic see of a friendship. Josh there. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and know. you got to get, yeah, definitely he'll come to your, your show for sure. You got to get Josh on. <laughs> oh, Josh. Yeah, he said he'll be on soonish, maybe. Uh, Raimundo Sanchez, cool. What's up? Oh, somebody else said, love Zach's energy. What's up, Chris Ba? Um, Raimundo oh, Sanchez, up, that's Bubba. Bubba, the one. He just had a heart surgery. He's my bassist. Well, my bassist. Oh, He's my friend. We play music together and stuff. I'll we'll get well um, soon. That's brother. my other thing that I joke about. I'm like, I just kind of play music, whatever, because I you know, can't have a real hobby. <laughs> it's so, yeah. Get have well, you heard right? her sing get real, Bubba. guitar? You know what? I haven't. I've heard rumors, though. And I don't even play country, inkerings. but you've heard the country I one. found one. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And I don't even really play country much, but that one was like a Miranda Lambert song. It's on YouTube. It weirdly, okay, I didn't, after you said something about it, it has almost like it has like 300 something views i was like how is that have you ever brought your guitar to a mic no i don't she, i she wanted to, to separate it because we can plug it right into the board but yeah, that was, would be a cool that's segment. true actually when on comes on he wants to play good he wants to do dope. some music with him um which he'll probably be on soon yeah i play but um i don't know i'm i'm probably a better singer than i am a guitar player but i like doing them together that's dope. so when did you realize that like Everybody sings in their car in the shower, sings their favorite oh, songs. Right. When did you realize, like, oh, I, I'm actually pretty good at this? Um, my whole family is very musical. Oh, okay. Like, super musical. They all play an instrument or sing. Most okay. of them all sing, even the girl, everybody. And my sisters, like, sang mariachi, growing up with mariachi bands and things. Dope. And so I was always, we were always singing in the house, like, Wilson Phillips and all Okay, stuff. okay. Um, no way! I was always Carney Wilson, um... Because she had the last li least lines. My sisters were older, oh, and so yeah, Sarah might say something about that. But anyway, um, where <laughs> yeah, so I started singing more kind of in high school because I had friends who were like in emo bands or whatever. But I was such a quiet singer and so shy, so I was just playing, trying to play more guitar. Gave it up for a bit, and then in the last like seven or eight years, I've tried to get better at guitar and like just come out of my shell with my voice i've become a stronger singer i think Don't. so maybe in the last like yeah six-ish years i was like i like you know doing this be like a great opportunity to like do a little of both because you know we, i perform for a lot of like the variety shows in here in mm -hmm. town a lot of the ones that are it's like a little mix of 
uh, burlesque and comedy and music. Yeah, Angel just did one last Ex- night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rebel. That way you could even get squeeze in a comedy set and a and music. music. I, I actually did one one time where I did a breaking, like a B-boy performance and oh, then cool. did comedy as oh, well. Oh, that's a great idea. Because Angel, uh, I was on his podcast recently and we were talking about like mm, separating the comedy from like the not doing musical comedy. Yeah. And like, but then that would be a good way to separate the two and still be able mm-hmm. to do the other one. I did like one open mic with uh, Bubba that was commenting. Um, and then it literally the week before COVID, but the thirsty eye lady was like, hey, I want you guys back. Like, I will I'll pay okay. you guys, whatever, whatever. And then COVID hit. So, mm. um, so we were getting ready to play more, but I do enjoy it. However, I feel less nervous doing comedy than I do performing music. Oh, wow. It, and I've been doing music way longer, and it just makes, I don't know, because you have to really stay in the pocket and whatever. And comedy, I don't know, I don't have to, I, it's just me and a microphone. It's less you to worry adjust. about. That's yeah, you can Yeah, you can adjust and kind of feel like you said, yeah. it, when you can feel like you're getting out of the pocket, you can sort of adjust and not throw the whole thing off or like make a joke about you bombing and then mm-hmm. bring it back or something. With music, it's like you just stop and don't. She's being modest. Carla rocks both guitar and sing. Oh, thanks, Ray. And, he's, and she's yeah, an and awesome. Be on the song looks. Everybody's giving you props on the music. Everyone checks them out. Oh, yeah. I've done music with uh, I Recognize too. He's a rapper. And I've Dope. done some hooks on his uh, song of his. We, want, we need to work on more. Anyway, I don't know. But I love comedy. Um, So I was going to ask you real quick before you go. For um, sure. Because we have about six minutes left. Uh, Zach was nice enough to squeeze us in because he has a show here soon at Revel. Yeah. If anybody's watching this live and wants to s- skedaddle over to Revel, no cover. It's you, Josh Farnan. Who else? Um, and, uh, gosh, she is a, a new comedian. Casey, I want to see Casey is Fitzgerald. Casey I thought it was Casey Donahue. No. Uh, I uh, on the flyer real quick I don't know but um, so yeah he's doing a show tonight I'm probably gonna go over and check that out yeah come check it out um, they've been doing a great job with those Revel shows yeah Jam- um, uh, Jamar Hall yeah, Casey is gonna Fitzgerald. be hosting all those uh, probably be on next month um, real real quick okay uh, if you can do this in like two sentences all of my questions That's so it. I've been asking everybody else okay. Uh, okay so what's I know actually I know your fear is heights right one of them for sure. We'll have you on yeah. again and help you face your fear. Okay, we'll okay. take you up. So, in what are you? Do you have? A, yeah. Oh my God, I've been. In, yeah. Come on. Let's do you it. saw how nervous I just got. got you you started like getting a little oh, yeah. shiny, like Oof. you got flustered. Got oh my God, yes. Oof. Let's do that. Okay, so if you're down, okay. only into how comfortable people are the next time they're on. I want to like have them. So, uh, do you have any other fears? Gosh, that's really the only one that like pops into mind. Nothing really. Water, not too bad. Um, yeah, I mean, like, super... Even claustrophobia, I'm not too, too bad with. Um, yeah, nothing, like, okay. common fear that I could really, yeah. like... Nothing weird, like clowns. Or, Spiders. I don't like... I'm not really the bug person, but they don't like yeah. scared, but I don't fuck Same. with bugs. Yeah, yeah. I'll kill them whatever, but, yeah. Rodents, don't love them, but I don't hate them. Um, okay, the other question, let's see. Uh, angry. Anger. How do you feel, like, physically when you start to get angry? Oh, you know what? That's something I definitely have to work on because I feel like when I do start to get mad, especially when it comes to, you know, going back to comedy, I do definitely try to maybe like stay away from mics if I'm having a real, real bad day. Because like I said, my best comedy comes when I'm in like a the opposite of that in like a silly place. Right, right. I don't believe like I'm a rant comic. Um, right. I think when it comes to anger, the best thing that I do is like physical outlets, you know, right? like. I work so much. Mm-hmm. I, I work out. Like that's yes, takes it that. That's definitely. such a release for me. Yeah. So I definitely have been times where I like I use that as a play dancing for sure. Oh, for sure. When yeah. I br- I, I feel breaking. So one thing that I could express any like if I'm super happy, if I'm super mad, I'm super hurt. 
like breaking is the one thing where I can express that without having to do it vocally. Right. Which is a, which I feel is like a different kind of expression. That makes sense. Yeah. It's just like a physical thing. I like that. Ah, so then, so then when you do get angry, you kind of like, do you just kind of go away and do your own thing? Yeah. Go away. That's smart. Yeah. A lot of, Walk my dogs. I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. I, I uh, forced myself to go outside and like walk by the bosque a couple yeah. or at least a few miles a day just because like vitamin D and then also it's just good for you. It actually, actually walks real quick fact. If you walk outside and go running outside specifically not on treadmill, it helps like reset your circadian rhythms because you're having oh, wow. things move by your eyes and it's actually good because we were like hunting people back okay. in the day. You know, we were like hunters back in the day, whatever. So anyway, it just helps to be outside also vitamin D but to see trees and things go by. It helps with the... And I think that's a great question because as comedians, like, I'm not going to lie. When I do post my stuff on social media, I don't post that part of my life. Mm-hmm. I do post this, the comedy side. It is, I don't yes. want to say it's an act, but it is all for the comedy. Yeah. So I only post, like, the more up-hearted, Same. more light, like, stuff. And Same. that. But I think the common misconception is that when people meet us, like, I even have been having a really hard time dating lately. And I think it's because... You're answering my next question. Dating as a comedian. Because... Okay, so when I the first three years I was in a relationship, so I was with someone when I started comedy, That's right. and, mm-hmm. and that was really hard in its way. And obviously, you know, we split up last year, and I've been single for a year. And dating as a comedian is really tough, especially mm-hmm. if they know me because of that. Yeah, they but, think that that's who you are all exactly. the time. They want you to be on all the time as a comedian. They like cracking jokes. They yep. don't realize that there is a stressful. There is like yes. a whole other side of this, yeah. and and especially yeah. because. I'm a comedian, but I'm not really into like the night lifestyle. So I'm at shows right. and I'm not really like eating shitty food or getting faded every night. So if someone comes out and they're like, hey, can, let's have a drink or something. I'm like, oh, well, like I'll, I'll take a water. Yeah. And, and then they're like, oh, you're not really as fun as I thought you'd be. And I'm like, well, sorry. Like, you like, I'm know trying me from to, Instagram yeah. stories. Like, <laughs> you're like, you I'm not getting expect? wasted tonight so I can do this tomorrow night. Like, what do you exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just, so oh, I think yeah. that's the toughest part is like people already having, um, a, a perception of who they mm-hmm. are, who you are in their head without getting to know you at all. Yes. And um, it's really hard. To, people like, you know, expressing interest in your stuff and then getting them, you know, know you. And then like two weeks later, that person's not in your life. And you're like, yo, oh, yeah, I hear you. That was a f- couple cool dates. And I guess that was it. Yeah. Your, yeah. And, and then you got in your head. You're like the next person. You're like, I'm trying not to be bitter or like cynical about this. But you're like, Am I, this is just I'll be honest, again. every time that happens, I'm like, I could have been. And then I hate to like make everything about comedy. But every time that does happen, like I could have been it. writing tonight. I could have filmed a skit tonight. I could have. Uh, yes. I could have done an, a, a podcast mm-hmm. episode during that time. Like. I really am starting to think like that's my goal. Like I've made so many sacrifices already. I've got out of a seven year relationship. I've moved into a smaller place downtown. I've missed out on birthdays, weddings, graduations, uh, holidays, all for comedy. So it's and so ironic that we miss out on real fun things in life, like real moments of happiness Mm -hmm. to have these. I don't want to say like artificial moments, but it's very ironic that we miss out on real fun things in our life for comedy it is a wild thing to even explain that drive or that like people are like we don't kind of get it but then they respect that you're doing it and you're like i have to do this in order to get where i need to be in it and especially yeah. if that's your biggest love because there are some people who get it and it's more of like a fun thing um you know like, i do comedy once in a while but then there's people like you or like josh fournier or, you know buck d all these you know six everybody that's like we're in this for the long haul oh, as yeah. long as we can do this and a lot of people don't 
understand that when you're dating them because you don't have the time it's for them. It's always going to be Or they don't want to go to the open mics. And yeah, that's a hard same. realization. Always for, and first. I get it. I get that it's hard to date a comic. I get that I work a full-time job. I work out six days a week. And I'm almost doing comedy every night. I, mm -hmm. I don't know when I have the time for yeah. myself, unless you're like, someone else. Unless you're like Robert Eister's girlfriend, Amanda, who I love. She's oh, there she's every rider. night. That's a every definition night. of a ride or die, yes. like real good partner. She's been trying a comedy a couple times at the garage. Cool. She's so funny. And I she's going to go up on Monday, actually. Oh, that'll be great. Inside out. So yeah, dating. And then dating another comedian as, as a comedian. Is <laughs> okay, so anyway. you're wild. Last Sorry, time I I've, never, <laughs> I've never done, but we'll dip into that we'll topic a little bit on my podcast. Speaking of his podcast. On Hal Lopez, uh, his producer, yeah. Muse Me TV. Oh, that'll be a fun one. Yeah. So City. you dated my producer. Yes. He's a great guy. I, I love walk his dog. Still yeah, still, I'm it's his all, dog walker. So it's all love. But yeah, that's something. And I learned that in breaking. I never dated another B girl. Yeah. Because I realized, like, you're going to see this person several times a week at practice, every jam, every comp, every show. And um, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just too much conflict to interest. Yeah, it's like. good and it's bad, but then it's like, you know, you have a competition on stage. What are they going to say? What can't I say because exactly. they're in the audience or like whatever? I don't know. But you can, you know, I'm sure some people really make it work and that's great. But, you know, I, I've learned my lessons. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yes, yeah, I <laughs> Nothing is on huh? <laughs> I'm definitely happy that I like have, you know, kept. I mean, our scene's so small too. That I mean, mm -hmm. everyone, you know, would know. And that's the only way I meet people. That's yeah. the only time I go out and see people is like when I see comedians. And then, like, most of the people who are like the guys who are watching seem weirdly intimidated by me because I am a female comedian, even though they're just like, you know, like a fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. not a fan, but they're like in the audience just hanging out and watching. And they're like, oh, you're cool. And I'm like, no, I'm a real person too. Yeah, like, yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. me. For like, sure. I'm not just that. I don't know. And I think I, I do use. Like I said, even though my like comedy is like my social media is all comedy oriented, I do like to dabble and put in bits of my real life, bits of the gym, bits of hip hop, yes. bits of the cannabis stuff that I do in work. That way you do get a real idea of who yes. I am genuinely. I do well. feel like I've gotten to know you on stage. I mean, this is most we've ever talked like in it really person, is, yeah. but you've always been so nice to me and we've had little conversations here and mm -hmm. there, but I do feel like I kind of know you because you do put your real life on stage, which I do like. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah. Um, Robert Eister had said that to me too. He's like, I like you, Carla, because I always know what you're saying is real life and mm -hmm. happening right now. Yeah. Like, you know. For better or worse. All right, guys. Um, we have to wrap this up. So, awesome. uh, Revel, do you have any other shows? Real yeah, quick I'm plug? gonna plug my stuff if you don't mind. So, yeah, I have three different live shows that I'm producing right now. I have Canteen. Um, that's my Albuquerque show at the end of the month, July 31st. Please come out and check it out. Great. Free show. Great Saturday night. Great show. And then I have my Cities of Gold show, which is just north of Santa Fe at the Cities Gold Casino. That's going to be the first Saturday of every month. It's been shuffling around a little bit as we get it started, but we have that booked in for at least the next six months. Awesome. Um, and then I just started a show in Santa Fe right on the plaza in a really cool venue. Okay. Um, it's, at the it's next to the Apothecary Restaurant in a place called The Caverns. So it's like this underground den. Right. It almost looks like if like Willy Wonka had like a comedy club or something. It's very it. out there. Um, and that is the I usually try to do that like on the Friday before uh, Cities of Gold okay. or, or so after. So that there. way that yeah. way like, together. That so I have three sense. live shows. I have my podcast. Check out Fiend City podcast. Um, just look up my YouTube, Zacabeta Comedy. Um, that's also my Instagram, Zacabeta Comedy, where it's pretty much my main hub of social media. Other than that, Facebook, just Zach Abeda, and you'll see me all over Albuquerque. 
it. Thank you so much for having me, Carla. Of course, I appreciate man. you, girl. Of course. All right, guys. Oh, what do you got coming up? Oh, uh, the only thing right now I think is oh, I have a uh, July twenty eighth next Wednesday, the Women and Whiskey Wednesdays at Hollow Spirits with Amory hosting. There's awesome. gonna be two shows back to back, a six thirty slash seven. It starts probably at seven and then nine nine thirty. I'll be on the later show. So I'll be doing the podcast here live so you can watch that and then you can head over and watch us at Hollow Spirits. Any, for any other future date that she's um, going to be having, uh, you can catch her yes. on CarlaVasquezComedy.com. Yeah, we're dropping the website, CarlaVasquezComedy.com. Uh, Carla Vasquez Comedy on Instagram, everything else. Carla V thinks out loud. Follow, like, subscribe, enjoy, shout guys. Out, shout out to Baby Cough Drop over oh, there. Oh, Cough Drop. All right, guys. Oh, Cough Drop. <laughs> Have a good rest of your night. Thanks for watching. <laughs>